this heaven? No. It's Iowa. Ben, I can't hear you at all. What's going on? I think you need to take your microphone into the shop. Why are you so sweaty, Ben? Stop talking to me. About, I've already taken my car into the shop. I know about the carbon on the valves. We're talking a new leaf on the pot of dreams. They flew like a hawk. He was a master too. He was, in fact, the ultimate playboy. And then, one day... Harold, I should like to ask you something. Certainly, sir. You've been with me for many years now, Harold. What would you do if I told you I had lost all my money? I should leave immediately, sir, upon giving the proper notice. Pictures. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pod of Dreams. If you listen, we will pod. So, Eric, we talked quite a while ago in the context of Bullet. Yeah, hold on. I'm, I'm mixing my wine with soda water and lime juice. Hold on a second. There, sorry, go ahead. Sounds good. I, I hear it's really, it's really good. Pretty um, sweet, though. Try. Yeah, it's sweet. Um, we talked in the context of Bullet, this weird era of the 70s where like dudes you just wouldn't think would ever become movie stars became movie stars. And man, is I don't know if there's a better example of that than Walter Matthau. Why is uh, that guy a thing? Like what the hell? It's what so the crazy. Hell? It's so crazy to me that he is he was a big star. I can't I don't even know how old he was supposed to be in this movie. I'm looking like this guy could be 53. He's probably know. younger than me <laughs> right. like in reality, but he looks like he's like in his 60s, you know. Yeah, this is the early 70s. This isn't like grumpy old men era. In but the he 90s. is a grumpy old man, though. Like he that was that was the revelation I had watching this. It was like, oh, he was just always that way. He just like didn't look like an old man, but he acted like an old man. Anyways, yes, shocking that he was that he was like a leading man. That that shit yeah, is he fucking feels like crazy. he should have been just like a a comic side character for like because I think he's an incredible comedic actor. But I'm like this guy's the lead. He's a lead in a bunch of stuff. This is bonkers to me. Um, all right, so this is the first time we've done a comedy in a while. We got done with Spooky Season. I wanted to do this movie because I saw it in a list and it looked like it'd be right up my alley. As it turned out, it kind of was. I thought this movie was funny. Did you find this movie funny at all, Eric? Not really. Okay. Not much. Um, I think there were some jokes that made me giggle. I, we were talking earlier. The the kneeling on the glass is my favorite pastime. That was kind of funny. Like that was a little made me chuckle. But the pro- the problem I had is he he is so mean and nasty that it's hard yeah. it's hard for it to be funny. Oh. And like Elaine May is such a sweet person in this, and she gets trashed on and taken advantage of and made fun of. In such a mean, nasty way, I just... I mean, he literally tries to kill her. Like, that's the most of the plot of this movie, is this dude trying to kill his wife. Like, there's nothing funny about that. I know it's dark, and it's supposed to be dark comedy, but boy, I don't find that funny. Oh, see, it, yeah, this comedy is jet black. He's terrible. He's not likable. I'm not on his side. Um, and I don't need that for comedy to work, by the way. For me, I look at this and... I was laughing very consistently early on, like as he's saying goodbye. So he just a basic primer on the plot. Walter Matthau plays a guy who's been rich his entire life and has been coddled and he's been rendered like useless. And he's completely like disconnected from anything at all because he just has a servant. Well, he lives off his family's money. And Correct. Yeah. He's, he has an like his only job is being a rich guy. Like yeah, that's so all he just goes around and rides his horse and rides in a Ferrari and knows nothing and takes care of nothing he's just, just like the worst kind of piece of shit human like literally what's wrong with this country like i think is people oh, like obviously that. That, yeah. well sure and this movie is very satirical about the super wealthy i don't i don't think it's on the side if you watch this and like oh i i don't like i mean i don't think you're supposed to like these people it's it's a big send up on the absurdity of people being really really rich i think um but he finds out at the beginning of the movie that he's lost all of his money and he like it doesn't even register for him. It doesn't even consider it a possibility that he'd run out of money. But he's his trust has been depleted. And he's got no other income. He doesn't have a job. He's like never had a job. Isn't that the plot of Billy Madison too? Isn't it, I mean other, instead of this movie, 
instead of him having to go back to school, doesn't he tries to find a wife? But it's basically like the same movie, right? Sure. Um, okay. I, yeah. No, that's fine. I, I, maybe Adam Sandler got inspiration from this. I have no idea. Um, but he finds out, and we get this really sappy, sentimental music as he says goodbye to all these things, these absurd rich people things, where he's like, he says goodbye to his horse. Which Just is wanted stable. to see so the restaurant to, one last yes, time. Yes, he goes and... to the restaurant. He goes to the country club and just, I want to know if I feel welcome. It's supposed to be really sentimental and meaningful, and it's absurd and ridiculous because all he's doing is like having to potentially say goodbye to his opulence, and he, of course, could at any point sell all the stuff that he owns and still be living pretty comfortably, you know, sell his Ferrari and get a just a more modest car. He has a Ferrari. It's really impractical. It breaks down all the time. It's difficult to fix. Um, I, he, he's sad about his Ferrari. He walks in. And his like manservant's there. He's got a British manservant, and it's so absurd and ridiculous and satirical. I was laughing all throughout all that scene. It's just so outlandish and ridiculous. We're starting off our movie with a, a just a vile piece of trash who's so sad that he's going to potentially have to say goodbye to his lifestyle. And the fix is all he has to do is find some rich lady and marry her. Um, and the idea comes from his butler. And and then the next thing we know, he's he's but he needs to get a loan. The loan doesn't even really matter, but it's it's part of the whole. But then he has to just find a wife, just somebody he can marry, so he can marry her for her wealth. And the courtship scene—you didn't laugh at the courtship scene, like when he says, "Don't let them out." You didn't laugh at that. Nah, it was all right. I, she where she kept spilling her tea and all that. I, I don't, well, I'm not even talking about Elaine May's character. This is early on. He's like, oh, oh, the, the montage of the women that he was trying to date. Yes, okay. one of them. Is I like, had questions. Is is he supposed to be a gay man in this maybe. movie? Maybe he, he's repulsed by the woman that takes her top off. He's, like, yeah, he's, he's, he's literally repulsed by it, and she's not a, like a unattractive person. Like, no, that's part of the absurdity. Like he finds a woman early on who's by herself, like as in doesn't have a husband, doesn't have parents, has a lot of money. He goes on a, like a date with her, and all she and wants to do is like fuck him, and he's like, "Ew, no, I yeah, don't." She throws herself completely at him. It yeah. couldn't be any easier for him. She's about to like take her top off, and he goes, "Don't let them out!" And then he runs away. And yeah, maybe that's the sign that he's a. And there's a lot of this movie that was cut out. I mean, we saw this is an hour forty-two. Like the the rough cut is like three hours or something ridiculous. It's too long. Oh god, three hours of that. Oh, it didn't need to be three that, hours. That scene felt like cut like cut to hell. There was like stuff that just jumped back and forth, and you know. Th- yeah, there's th- times where it feels like there's there's key pieces missing here and there where it's like okay, we. Well, I want to give a round of applause to the editor that decided to cut a lot of that out because. No, it wouldn't. I, I didn't have done. need more this, of that. It wouldn't have worked well. I mean, this isn't the kind of movie that should be three hours long. It's a romantic comedy. There's there's some stuff that can be longer, but yeah, I mean, you got to get in and out with a romantic comedy. Um, but it's absurd. And finally, he shows up at some rich person's party where he gets tea. He finds out this woman, who's played by Elaine May, is, is available. Who is the writer and director of the movie? Like, yes. Just to note, if people didn't know that. Yep, she she is the entire creative force about this uh, movie. But somebody he's introduced to a rich a rich people, and they, their, their last name is Hitler. And they're totally nonchalant about it. And I, don't, I honestly think he's oblivious. He's, he says... Are you are you related to the Boston Hitlers by chance? Like I think it was a legitimate question, but it was one of the most ridiculous and absurd things. I had to rewind it and laugh multiple times. It was just just utterly crazy um, how it starts. And eventually, you know, he convinces this woman. There's some drama with like a lawyer who's leeching off of her estate that wants to you know stay with her, um, and the, her whole staff is basically fleecing her. 
Um, but then we move into, yeah, they get married, and he's just, like, fantasizing about killing her. But she's, she's like, a kind, like, sweet lady, and yeah. he all he wants to do is murder her. He's like, I can't, I can't be with this woman. Like, even though she, I mean, she's kind of annoying, and she's clumsy, and, you know... But he's like, I, I just have to kill her. Like, like, what the fuck is that? Is that is this supposed to be funny? That he just like, I'm just gonna murder. And then, and then the rest of the movie is him finding different ways to kill her and not get caught. Like he goes around asking the housekeeper guy, like, hey, you sure you don't have any pesticides? Because he looks up like the best way to poison her. I mean, it's dark as hell. Like that's hey, not you're funny like- to me. You're like smiling as you're describing it though, because it's ridiculous and outlandish on its surface. Um, you know. You aren't supposed to root for him, do I mean, this guy is, he's marrying her for her wealth, and he finds her annoying and just wants to have all the money himself, because all he wants to do is just be rich. He, like, tearfully says early movie, all he wanted to do was just be rich. And have a butler take care of him, and dress yeah, him, and, and make him wear fancy clothes. I really, and, I mean, I think they're trying to say he's a gay man. I Maybe maybe I'm just reading too much into it. No, but. that's entirely possible. That is entirely possible. There, There's a, a you know, a, a gay subtext, subtext to all of this. Um. Who knows? I mean, he's very formal, but I mean, he, he sleeps through, I think, right? When they're on their honeymoon, they have two beds and he's like, I'll sleep in this one. You sleep in that one. And when we need to both be on the bed together, we'll be on that one. It was just, just, I, so I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe he just grinned and bared. It's entirely possible that there's this like, yeah, he's just wants to be a gay rich guy who just dines out and doesn't have to do anything ever. Um, the whole premise is outlandish and ridiculous, and uh, you know, and stupid. That's you can use that word, stupid. Well, I, I mean, it's stupid deliberately. So, I mean, you're using that in a pejorative way, like, oh, it's this is stupid. Why we make a movie? This is a ridiculous premise for a movie. I mean, I don't like romantic comedies to begin with. Um, so we take one that just takes the basic setup of romantic and just like it ups it to super dark levels. Holy cow! Um, like the only through. reason he doesn't kill her in the end is because she has doesn't she have the keys on her when she's in the water? Isn't that the whole reason he saves her? Right? Or am I misremembering it? Right. It depends on how you read it, I guess. I mean, he sees. So she names a fern after him. She finds a fern on their honeymoon. Yeah, she's a botanist. She yeah, that's her career. She loves plants. And he he even though it's a totally like him fake buttering her up to just marry her, he like said a bunch of supportive things about her being a botanist very early on um, when his stupid Ferrari broke down and they had to, he had to get it towed um, because he's driving around a Ferrari and it breaks down all the time. Um, So she names it. She takes his last name. She names it after him. She sees the fern when they're on a trip to, I don't remember where it is, the Anirandacks or something like that. Um, And he's literally got this plan. He's going to let her, they're in the rapids. He's going to let her drown. He sees that. And then he's like, oh hell. And he just, Goes into the water to save her. Grabs her by her hair and yanks her out of the water. Yep. And then it's like this faux romantic thing at the end where, like, basically she's convincing him to become a history professor at her college. And he's going to have to grade term papers. And he's begrudgingly going to enjoy spending the rest of his life with her. And, And it's incredibly not romantic, but it's supposed to be. And that's just part of this, like, wonderful satire of the whole I don't, romantic comedy a, a whole movie See, where you're I watching think, people I thought world. there was there was some melodrama at the end there it was supposed to be well, yeah, sweet I mean, that's, and tender that's the only, well it, it, it is but it's also absurd if you take like a half a step back like okay like it plays out like oh this is the big dramatic moment at the end of a romantic comedy 
but it, th- that moment is him not letting her drown. And this is about as much goodness as this person is capable of. This is as much concern as this man rendered utterly useless by his wealth is is capable of doing. And it, and it plays it like, oh, hey, we're, we're in love. This is great. Um, but it, it's it's not romantic at all. Like, it plays out romantically, but it's just not. It's like... Roger Ebert gave it four stars, described it as hilarious, cockeyed, and warm. So I... I think I, I can disagree with Roger. Okay. I, it's you're allowed. He, he doesn't. No, get I'm to just decide. saying. I, I mean, he gave it four stars, so I guess you got to give it four stars, Eric. He no, it was hilarious. I definitely didn't. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I, the part that worked for me wasn't like I was like, oh, what a great person. He didn't kill her. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The whole point is that the movie plays it like it's sweet and warm, and it's not. It's just it's outlandish. He's awful the entire time. The butler's constantly worried that she's going to get killed, and he's like on their honeymoon. He didn't think she'd be back. Where is she? Where is she? Oh, there you are, sir. Oh, so glad to see you. He's just like terrified, and he's just trying to subtly convince him not to kill her. I mean, it's it's so dark and bleak and ridiculous. And again, I I think it all starts with you're spoofing rich people. The whole thing is just outlandish. It's it's farcical and it's super funny to me. Um, so I like. I've had a, I've sort of rethought my views on comedies I think recently and like the the I, mean, mean comedy is something that doesn't appeal to me maybe I'm just getting old and soft maybe that's what it is but like like Dumb and Dumber movie I probably is maybe one of my favorite comedies ever and I think watching that now I haven't watched it in a while but I think I might have a hard time with how fucking mean they are to everybody. And I've heard the second one, the the one that came out recently, Dumb and Dumber or whatever. Dumber but not Dumber the two. prequel. No, no, the the legit sequel that they Jim Carrey sure. and I have not seen it. Is there really, like even more mean? You know what I mean? And and it it wrecks it because like being dumb and fucking people over is more funny than be, just being nasty and fucking people over. Like that, and that's what Walter Matthau is in this movie. He's just completely nasty. And screws everybody over and is selfish and only cares about what he, his needs. And but the joke is ultimately on the rich people is how I view it. I, I don't really because he has a great life and he's still rich and that was wor- the the worst thing that happens to him is he has to live with this woman who isn't really all that bad and has a, will have a great job and great papers and be rich. Like well, he's not punished. I I don't know if you are you part of the uh, people that think every bad person needs to be punished in a movie and that's how it has to go or else it's not valid. I I don't look at this and think he's rewarded. First of all, rich people get away with horrible stuff all the time. So it's very accurate in that sense. I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I think the movie's saying that is like, boy, was it great to be a rich white man in the, you know, 67. Well, I don't know like, that it thinks he's great. I mean, he's miserable. We no, see but him miserable throughout the whole movie. Your lifestyle is great. Like you just, you don't even have to do anything. You just be a white man and you're rich and, you, you know, you can get through the but day. He, like. But how happy is he? He loses everything because he's an idiot. And I don't know. I mean, how much joy do you think he actually experienced in the movie? I mean, well, was he capable? This guy, he's a narcissist. Like, is he even and, capable? And maybe he's of not. Right. Yeah. Correct. And I, I don't I don't know that he he doesn't he didn't look happy at all. Um, but is that Walter Matthau, who's just like some crank running around well, being sure, grumpy and Walter Matthau plays a, a crank but I mean even the character ignoring the fact that it's Walter Matthau who always looks like a crank and fine I mean that's you you like that's, if that's you, like Brad Pitt like is there a little more 
is is a little more funny because he's not just some grumpy ass like weird looking old guy. I don't know. Oh, see, it, it, this movie wouldn't have worked as well with Brad Pitt. Um, and Brad Pitt's not the comedic actor that Walter or Murphy Adam is. Sandler, like for that example, like. Oh my God, Adam Sandler would not. Okay. Oh, the movie would be way worse with Adam Sandler, uh, the king of no subtlety whatsoever, all the time. Um, no, I, I don't think any of you might have liked it better. I don't know. Maybe you want to be broader, but to me, the the I mean, he's miserable. He's not happy. Yeah, he has all this stuff, and he doesn't care about anybody or anything begrudgingly at the very end he kind of a little bit maybe sort of cares about elaine may's character maybe a tiny bit a smidgen after she's but, super nice to him and saves him from from being poor he's my like, other issue crying. his name is henry her and name is henrietta. henrietta what the fuck is that it's they're constantly incestuous. saying each other's names and it's henry henrietta henrietta it's like god that's part of the it, joke that's that's i think uh, that, do you think that's not a conscious choice you think it was an accident? I found it annoying. No, I'm sure it was. I just found it annoying. I mean, it is. They all have the similar names. They all, all are absurd people. I mean, almost nobody looks happy. So, like, the guy that's talking about the grout. Here's a guy who's sitting there on a couch. I told you about the grout. Well, I sprayed the grout and got rid of the grout. And then the next thing he says is there's some other fungus or whatever the hell it is. Some plant-related problem. And the guy looks like a zombie. I mean, all these people look like zombies. Um, and the only person who has any kind of life, the woman that is really like, I, I want companionship. I want connection. He runs scared of. He's like, don't let them out. Um, everybody just seems dead inside. Nobody seems happy. And at least the people that are fleecing Elaine May, yeah, I guess they're scamming her. They're having a good time. Of, it made me think of actually Parasite a Smidgen, actually. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um they're having fun with the money. They're at least able to enjoy it. Like they haven't had it. And they're like, Oh, we're getting money and they're in, enjoying their lives. Walter Matthau doesn't seem to enjoy it at all. I mean, to me, that's the absolute criticism. And we, we, what we saw at the end was the absolute most amount of goodness he's capable of when there's a woman who saved him from poverty and did a bunch of really nice for him. He's able to kind of like sort of say, I don't want her to die, which to me is part of this, this grander. Okay. Yeah, we're we're really criticizing the upper class here. This is there's so there's no arc to his character though. He's he I starts, mean his arc, if you want to call it, is he starts with somebody. It, I just don't want to kill any, my wife. Like I choose to let her is, live. It's pathetically weak. I mean, it, it's weak deliberately. So he's goes from I don't care about anybody or anything to a tiny bit, maybe a little bit. I don't want this other person to die, and I accept their and then I'm going to coexist with them, which isn't romantic. It's dark and depressing, and that it's played as heroic is funny to me. It's absurd. It has fun with the romantic comedy form. At the same time, we look at this guy who's getting miserable. Like he doesn't ever seem happy. When is the last time he he doesn't does he seem happy once in the movie? Uh, does he, he seems smile? Happy. Yeah, I don't... he seems happy maybe when he sees the fern, right? I think that's maybe one of the only times we see him. He like at most he's like, oh look, there's a fern in the north woods or whatever it's called, the name of the plant. I don't care. That's maybe when the only time we see him like actually look expressive, even though he's got access to all this wine and wonderful stuff. And it's it, anyway, it's it's all to me. The meanness is ultimately on the upper class to me when I look at this. It's not really on her. She's kind of incidental, um, ultimately. But I, I mean, you can think, oh yes, how how heroic, what a great guy. He didn't kill her. Like that's that's not what I think. I think, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Is is it? I, mean, I didn't think they were gonna. He was gonna actually kill her. I think it seemed like he had to at least decide not to at the end. But 
I looked at it and thought, I mean, I don't know. The whole thing worked for me because it had so much fun with the form and the absurdity all over the place. Um, I mean, it's not quite Boonwell, who's this um, guy who really made fun of the upper class um, in a bunch of different movies, but I'm, I'm sorry that you didn't think it was funny. So um, she she apparently sued Paramount, Elaine May, yeah, because of the version that they released was yeah, not the one she had final she cut, right? So yeah. she contractually was re- required to be able to have final say. If anybody doesn't know what final cut is, if you're a director, it's final cut. You get to go to the studio and say, this is my version of the movie. You can't make any alterations at this point. Yeah, apparently hour longer and included two murders that they cut out of the final version. And and maybe they were right to cut it out. I mean, they probably were, but contractually, yeah, I, I hope she won her lawsuit. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, there's so much about this that's, like, original and, and really, really fun. I mean, again, uh, it's how dark and, and cynical this movie was worked for me because um, the joke ultimately isn't on Elaine May's character. It's on rich people. I'm sorry you didn't like it. I, so what's a comedy you do like? So we're, you're sitting here saying like, you don't like stuff that's mean spirited. What's a non mean spirited comedy? Uh, that you Tommy like? Boy's phenomenal. I mean, he's dumb and, but he's not a mean person. He's not but shitting is on Spain people. Mean? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I mean, this, that's interesting. So I mean, I can give you. I mean, I love Little Miss Sunshine, and I don't. I think that's mean to the right people. It's mean to people who love, like beauty pageants for little girls those people deserve to be ridiculed but um i don't know i mean <sighs> it's like it's like chevy chase right I, I, we talked about like how when, when we did uh, fletch how he's like he's kind of an asshole to everybody he's not a very likable person um anchorman is like a good example of a movie like these people are they're kind of dipshits but the joke is always on them they always get screwed over they're the butts of the joke whereas like i don't walter matha was never the butt of any joke oh see he, i think he's the butt of the whole movie i think i, I the don't whole movie see I, I read it totally different i think the whole movie is a joke on him his character and then you know the super wealthy ultimately like i mean spinal tap like again that's a hilarious movie where these guys are the butts of the joke like they get screwed over they screw people but like it's all about what's happening to them in in a funny way. Like they aren't they aren't they are creating. There's no victims except for them. Whereas in this movie, there is victims. Like there's so the like, only victims in a comedy can be the main character. Not can be. Yeah. I'm not saying it's it's like a hard and fast rule. I'm just saying it's it's something that I I don't appeal to. It doesn't appeal to me as much. That's right. I know. I'm asking about your opinion. I'm not. I mean, it's this comedy. It's super subjective. But like, is Caddyshack mean? I mean, they make fun of that rich guy all the time. A little time. bit. It gets a little. It gets a little. There's a few parts in there where it's like, man, I, this is getting a little nasty. And you know, I mean, uh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield. He's like, he's like kind of a fucking jerk to everybody. You know, I mean, it's funny because he's doing it to the judge, who's also a unlikable character. But like, he's kind of an ass to everybody. You know, treats the staff at the golf club like shit. I don't know. No, it's it's subject. I mean, this is interesting to me because I, I. There was in like the '70s era, there was that sort of run of comedy where it was kind of mean spirited, you know. A little so you bit. think it's just mean towards Elaine May's character? That's the one who is mean towards. 
<laughs> yeah, well, for sure. I mean, he tries to kill her. You know, I mean, she's worthless to him, alive. So, so other than his desire to kill her, which is whatever half the movie, are there any other characters that are the butt of the joke? I mean, who else does the movie go after? Well, no. What are the jokes in this movie? I guess is my other problem. What else is funny about what happens in this movie? There aren't necessarily a lot of jokes. I know the situations are meant to be comical. Well, the whole structure is absurd. I mean, hearing sweet music playing while a guy says goodbye to all of his rich person stuff is just so bizarre and hilarious and weird in a way that's was super funny. Missing him. All he has to do is find a what? I mean, like that's all he has to do is find somebody to marry, and then he gets to be rich again. And he struggled to do that. Um, and then without any like, explanation, though, like why? Why does he not want to? Why is he not married already? Like it just. He doesn't can, want a relationship with anybody. He doesn't want to have to interact with a real interaction with anybody ever. The only people he wants to interact with are people that are his servants. So he's just a psychopath. Like yeah, literally. He, he, he only cares about himself. He doesn't want to have any relationship with anybody ever. He doesn't want that at all. Think of uh, Daniel Plainview, but way lazier and, uh, you know, less ambitious. You know, he, he that's it. Uh, you, you, you get introduced to his character and you see just what kind of the only thing he romanticizes. Is there anything is funny classic. about Daniel Plainview, though? I mean, I know I think Paul Thomas Anderson thinks that's like a hilarious movie, but I, I don't especially find that funny. I don't know. Well. Uh, that's a, there will be blood is a totally different movie and I whether he's going for humor or not in that movie I, I don't care this movie's clearly going for satire of this person who it's just, lives I mean, by themselves I, it's just not my bag it's not my bag it's this this type of movie's not no, see, my it's bag. weird that I you know again I you thought I, I would I, like this movie I had no idea. I've never seen it before. I had no idea. When you're watching it, were you like, "Oh, this will be fucking Eric"? I don't know. I was too busy enjoying it myself to worry about what you think. Frankly, okay. uh, I was. I had a really good time with it, and and the movie clearly thinks Elaine May is a good person. Um, she her only she flaw is she's, that, that she's too nice, maybe. So yeah. she lets some people take advantage of her. But the movie isn't like she deserves to die. Matt, Walter Matthau thinks it does, but we clearly know how awful he is by that point. We're not supposed to identify and think it's great. I mean. Him fantasizing about murder is it's just awful. This is a woman that saved him from having to be poor, which is a big tragic fate for him. Um, which again, I don't if if he ended up poor, this character in real life, I wouldn't be sad about it. Um I, I don't think she's the butt of the joke. I don't I mean her worst sin is that she kind of spills stuff. I mean, it's not a real thing. Um and like <laughs> You know, it, when he's trying to court her and she spills her tea and then he deliberately dumps his out to make the woman mad. I guess the butt's on that woman, but she's super rich. So who cares if some carpet or rug is soiled? Like, oh, poor her. I don't know. I, I didn't see her being the butt of any jokes. I don't think the movie actually thought she sucked or deserved to die or didn't like her. We just saw it from his perspective and he was the awful one. Um, I mean, are there any, there's just no comedies with protagonists that are awful that you like but it's just it's a harder sell for me you know okay it's hard it's hard to laugh when you're seeing despicable like borat like he's not he's he he, the things he does the outcomes end up like screwing people over and and 
hurting people, but like he's not try- he's Borat himself is not trying to be a jerk to anybody. Well, yeah. but Borat is played by a man who knows what he's saying and doing, and he's trying to make people look like jerks, and he's absolutely trying to be mean. But the character of Borat isn't trying to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's what uh, you can laugh saying, at that. But but if you're talking about the ethics of that, this is a real person who's actually doing it to real people, and none of them are fictional. And so if you can look well, at well, that's him, a little different because it's sort of a reality based. Com- comedy but he's absolutely like going after real people to make them look bad and all right so it's not I mean, a not borat's not a great example no i think that's extremely mean-spirited i like borat and think it's funny by the way um it depends on who's getting made fun of him for what reasons and why and what appeals to you is going to be different and we're all wired differently fine um but yeah that's a weird example to me here's a fake movie about rich people one of whom is particularly awful. They all seem pretty miserable, except for Elaine May. Who's I guess it. to me it's why I don't like the jackass movies. Like I know they're doing it to themselves, but a lot of it they're doing to each other. And oh, it's funny. I just you know snap my buddy's balls in half. Like oh, that's not funny to me. Like that's mean. Like that's fucking nasty. Well, that's yeah. They all consent to that, especially by now. Um, well, so did the people in Borat. They all signed waivers. Well, they signed at waivers. Some point. They didn't make a bunch of money. They didn't know what they were getting into. But either way, like, after the that, I don't find that that funny when you're just being that's mean fine. to people. Like that's not. I don't care. Humorous people, to if me. you sign up and say I'm going to get paid uh, with these other people and we're going to be mean to each other and that's how we're going to make money, I, I feel so different about that than like Borat. Uh, that's just so different to me. That's interesting. Um, no, I, the comedy's weird, and the comedy immediately I knew was just like right up my alley. When he's talking to the lawyer and just not getting that all of a sudden he has no money left. Like he can't even contemplate it. And he, he, like he, Dr. Strangelove is mean to government officials, like, but in a, a satirical way that makes it funny. Like, well, see, a, I think that's what this movie is. And you, you clearly didn't get that uh, vibe. It, you thought you thought we were supposed to identify with uh, Mulder Mathau's heroic journey. More is than this a I did. satire or a romantic comedy? What's well, romantic comedy? Both? It's, well, it's yeah, it's structured as a romantic comedy, but it's very satirical from my perspective. About I mean, rich that. people that they're awful. The rich people are awful. The only the one who's least awful is her lives in jeopardy by the most awful one. To me, this whole thing is a satire and a send up of rich people via a romantic comedy, which is why it's jet black. Um, that's why the humor is very very dark. At the same time, it, it pokes fun at the absurdity of, of romantic comedies in general. I don't know. Uh, if your lead protagonist take... is it just one of the most unlikable people in the history of movies, it it there's got to be some reason for it other than I, just a few jokes. I, I, and... I you see, you and I disagree. I think there's loads of reasons for it. Okay. The whole point of the movie is that he's awful, he's miserable, even though he has all this money, and all he has to do is marry somebody, and that's a challenge for him. Because he's so devoid of emotions and ability to have actual relationships, and it sucks, and they're miserable. And oh look, what a great guy! He didn't kill this his wife. Which I mean, with is, that said, I I really like Elaine May. I think she's very good in this movie. Oh okay. And knowing that she wrote and directed it is very impressive. Like there's a lot <laughs> of set pieces. It clearly was a an expensive movie, which you know you talked about. It was kind of a over budget and. Um, was a flop, right? I mean, or uh, financially, yes. Box office wise, yeah, yeah. Um, a, critics liked it, but but yeah, a black comic. This isn't gonna appeal to uh, non weirdos like me. Um, I mean, I I loved it. This is kind of insanity is right up my alley, but the average movie goer isn't. Give me a bill. You will come. 
Okay. Well, do you want to do you want to give a rating to your sure. love of this movie? Sure. I, mean, I would say uh, four and a half for me. Wow. Near perfect. Yeah. A near I mean, perfect score. The editing is is discombobulated. It feels kind of jarring. Like the scene bit. where he's jet skiing, it jumps. It's like, whoa, wait, this is not adding up. Like it, it that really seemed like totally cut to shit. Well, I think that he was supposed to say he just didn't want to hear her talk, so he like let go on purpose. Is kind of the vibe I got. Like she was talking and he wasn't saying anything. He was like, oh, I hate this. I hate her so much. Oh, and then he just lets go. Um, but yeah, it was. It didn't look smooth. Um, and there's just some where yeah, it feels like pacing wise, there should be a little bit more. Um, but I mean, I love so many of the sequences that are edited. I mean, there's at the same time he's thinking about killing her. He's also very oblivious. Like she's trying on the side of a cliff, um, trying to get that fern that she wants to classify and have named after her or whatever. And he's reading a book about poison and he's so oblivious. He, he clearly had an opportunity to kill her and didn't do it. Um, it's, it's like she drops stuff and she could, I mean, but the joke is turn around and you could just kill her. Like why are you reading a book about poison? You just like cut the rope and she, and then she dies. Like, that's the, well, the joke. The joke is that he's so oblivious that he can't he can't even see anything. He's so inattentive to her. Man, that is too too dark of a joke for me. Oh boy, that's that's really dark. That that's how awful he it, like even his goal to murder her. He can't actually pay attention to what she's doing enough to like accomplish the goal. And then finally, he like stumbles into the opportunity for her to die, and then he chooses not to. Um, again, I I didn't view him as sweet. I wasn't like what a great guy afterwards. I mean, I walk away thinking. Anyway, I, again, I view this as I mean, it's not. It's well, not and Dr. he's Strange also Lab. like so stupid, too. Well, I mean, like the scene where he's talking to his accountant or the lawyer guy, where he's like, he's, he's telling him like, dude, you're broke. Like, you have no more money. He like right. doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. He, so he's frustrating in a way too. Like, not only is he a fucking asshole and treats people like pure trash, he's also so dumb. That he doesn't understand basic concepts, and yeah, he's, frust- has rendered- yeah, he's frustrating in such a way that like I there's just nothing about this guy that I I don't want to see an entire movie about this person. Uh, his his wealth and privilege has rendered him utterly. I mean, useless. You had such a problem with Mel Gibson and Vince Vaughn in in the Dragged Across Concrete movie. That wasn't think- satire. That was not satire to me at all. Who was the satire on? Was it on cops? Are we sending up? Uh, no, I think ideology. they were just going for realism in that movie. There was nothing supposed to be satirical about it, but like oh, see, that's the, your that's problem the was difference. you don't want to watch a movie about people you don't like. If and the like, movie was satire, if the movie, but I'm supposed to identify with them. I'm supposed to care, or I, I like I, I saw these characters. I didn't like them. It wasn't we weren't. Who in this Who in this movie am I supposed to identify with and care about? Just Elaine no, May, n- n- Henrietta, uh, uh, Elaine May, or nobody. Uh, nobody. I'm supposed really. to watch an entire movie and not connect or care about anybody. That's if you rough. need to connect that's with people, that's ass. fine. That's not hard for me. The the form was wonderful. The the whole structure is is great. It's so absurd and different and hilarious to me. We're different. No, I, I don't think you're supposed to. I don't. You really have to identify with a character in any movie to get into it. Like I got to side with a character or else I'm out. I yeah. can side with one of these characters. What name yeah. another movie where there's no no character that you connect with. Oh, I didn't. I couldn't do that. Other than like a sa- satire, like Strange Love, maybe. Young yeah. adult, there wasn't really anybody I identified with. Have you ever seen that movie set in the great state of Michael Minnesota? Sarah, or is that no? That's no, you. It, oh, oh, Charlie Theron. Yep. 
I um, have and, seen that. Um, I mean, are you supposed to identify with the characters in Dumb and Dumber? Who do you identify with in that movie? Yes, they're not mean. Jeff Daniels, Harry. Do you identify is, with people that are that stupid that they are so oblivious to? Well, that's what makes it to, funny. Tommy Boy, uh, he's an idiot. A, he's a big, lovable idiot. Yes. A dead parakeet to a blind kid. They tape the parakeets. I took care of I it. I just thought. I just thought it was real quiet. Okay. But but Harry uh, Jeff Daniels' character is like mad at him about that. Like you can't fucking send a, a blind kid the pet. Like what are you doing? Was he punished for it, or does it work out for him? Does their stupidity are no. they punished for the stupidity? No. Well, in the end, they they don't get anything. He doesn't get the girl. They don't get the, any money. Well, they don't get Nothing. rewarded. But they don't get punished. I mean, they're in a, as good of a spot as they were to start the movie. Um, whether they're in Providence, um, Rhode Island is where they started. They're somewhere in Rhode Island, I think. Um, I I don't identify with those guys. I'm, I I don't like. Man, I get it. I'm that stupid. I'm I mean, that oblivious. R- Ron Burgundy's around. an idiot, but I I love it. I love watching him. Ricky Bobby, like these are. I don't dumb. identify with any of these characters. I don't okay. identify with I a do. race car driver. I'm not like that's. I'm Shake not and a bake. Yeah, that's not me. I'm not some cool. Oh yeah, that's that's race, baby. Ooh, nacho cheese fountain. Man, 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 man. We're buddies. Woo! Like what? I don't. I'm. Anchorman is really funny. I don't identify with those characters. Um, I, what I laugh about is is so many other things having to do with the story and the character and the structure. Um, sometimes you do. Like in Little Miss Sunshine, I identify with some of those characters a little bit. Steve Carell's character is very sympathetic in that movie. Well, everybody is. To yeah. a certain degree. They are terrible people. They're just trying to get no, through they're life. good people who are yeah. kind of failing, but yeah. failing together, and hey, look at life together. And that's fine. But sometimes movies it can... I, I don't know. I don't need a character like that's me. You don't didn't identify with the butler in this one. It, well, he he's, one. he's a sycophant. He's just he really need his he needs his boss to keep being rich so he can live his life. So so oh yeah, the underclass there are they, are they parasites or they well leeches? that's you know that's the idea of parasite obviously, which is a yeah. movie I love quite a bit. Who's a yeah who's who's <laughs> I don't know how to say that who's the parasite on whom? Um, that's fine. I mean. I, I, I loved what I saw as as I mean it's not it's not Doctor Strange Love. Doctor Strange Love is is a perfect movie. It is a perfect satire. It is acted to perfection by Peter Sellers. It is magnificent. Love love Doctor Strange Love. Uh, and it's a deconstruction of war and nuclear Armageddon and whatever. And this movie isn't that. And I could go down to a four. I mean if I, you could kind of convince me, I guess, but I laughed so consistently through the first half of the movie, especially more than I've laughed at a movie in a long time. Um, again, I don't think I was laughing at like, haha, He wants to kill her. She deserves to die. I was like, this guy, this is ridiculous. What is going on here? Um, it's so dark and satirical that that's where I, the humor came in um, to me. And it was outlandish in a way that was really funny. And the butt of the joke is almost always on Walter Matthau um, about how miserable he is the whole time. He's just never happy. Even though he's got all the stuff, but what, what, how bad? How bad of a review are you giving uh, it? I I think I gave it two and a half, two and a half okay. stars. Okay. Um, I don't know why Walter Matthau is so sweaty. This whole like the whole movie, he's just like dripping with sweat. I don't. That made no sense to me either. Can we get? Can we wipe this guy down? Why is he sweating so much? Um, I think because he has to interact with people in a meaningful way. Um, I, I think that's what's going on. No, yeah, I think it's I, a filmmaking issue that he probably did 20 takes wearing it, his Doesn't he get suit. wiped down a couple of times? Well, maybe. That could be. I think doesn't he get wiped down once or twice by the butler guy? Maybe. I don't know. 
Um, I, I, it's just I, not, I was, it's just not my genre of movie. A romantic comedy already is just not something I don't love. Romantic comedies, I don't often find them very funny. Um, and I wouldn't like a normal one. I'm with you. Like a standard one where. I'm and then you throw like in people. like an awful character. The pl- I mean, the plot of this movie is basically this guy to stay rich needs to get married and kill his wife. Like, and try tries to kill his wife. Like, I, that's just not. I'm not signing up for that. I'm not looking. I'm not scrolling through and seeing that description. Like, ooh. Let's watch that tonight. That's just not, not my thing. It's just uh, that's a pass for me usually. And you picked it, so I watched it. And I, I mean, I th- there was some 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 really smart stuff in the jokes and the setup, the way. It, I mean, it's done about as well as it could be done, given that setup and given that plot. I think it's about as well as you could do, and and making it so you don't just want to turn it off because how bad Walter Matho is, but I think he's the wrong choice because oh. he's not charming in any way. Like that, He shouldn't be charming. We don't want him to be charming. We don't want to, I, we're not supposed to identify with him. You don't want to make him more likable. You don't want to make him handsome and clever like Brad Pitt. Like you just, uh, well, it's like absolutely. Just Chevy Chase is a perfect example. Cause like that, that is Chevy Chase is like, that's his comedy. Like everything he's in he's, he's that he's an asshole. He treats people like shit and you're supposed to be laughing at, Look but at he's this like a suburban jerk. dad um, versus here's this guy who's super rich. Well, in Caddyshack, and, he's not a you're, you're just going off of the National Lampoon movies, but like the vacations, sure. Yeah. Fletch, he's not a suburban dad. Well, you Fletch, know? I think he's not really mean to most. I mean, he's only mean to kind of rich people in that movie. I think he's very rarely mean to somebody who's not higher up on the yeah it's society. Maybe one of his most likable characters. Well, you that know? was that was part of what worked for me with Fletch. Um, Anyways, it's two, yeah. it's two. It's two and a half for me. So okay, fair enough. All right. Uh, uh, any, anything more you want to say before we connect it to Field of Dreams? No, I. I, I mean, I just I, it made me think of actually uh, Prince, Minnesota's own Prince. I read, I read his autobiograph, autobiograph, uh, one of his autobi, not auto, a biography about him a few years ago, and it talked about you know he didn't ever have too many long term like personal relationships most of them were professional and you know, he just got rich and powerful enough that basically he could surround himself by people that had to do what he wanted um and walter Matthau's character made me think of that like he wanted to be surrounded by people that had to do what he told them uh and had to you know pretend to be nice i don't know, I don't know. so he, okay. got, he was rich enough he didn't have to care and finally he had to care a little bit and Yeah, I don't know if anybody's argued that Prince was the nicest guy in the world, but... Alright, I can jump in. I'm ready to go. So, started a new leaf. Uh, There is a woman named Doris Roberts in this movie. She plays the, you know, head of the house that is leading all the people stealing from Henrietta. Um... You might know her. She's she was the mom and everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. I've never seen an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond, but I've seen yeah a few snippets. Okay. It looks unappealing. She is also in the taking of Pelham One Two Three, the original. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walter Matthau's in that, and I didn't want to pick him because I'm not a big Walter Matthau fan. I didn't realize you didn't like Walter Matthau. I, so I, much. I'm like out on Walter Matthau now. I had only known him from the Grumpy movies, Grumpy Old Man. I, I, I've never seen Taken Pelham 1, 2, 3. I don't think I've ever seen another... Is he in 12 Angry Men, Walter Matthau? 
I don't know. I, I I don't know if I've ever seen another movie that he's in, but yeah, I'm out on him like completely. You know, oh, just this one movie. Okay, interesting. Okay. Well, and I I don't like the grumpy old men movie, so. Wow, um, what a Minnesota hater! I know. I, Taking I, away your Minnesota card, bro. I, you should. Uh, but somebody I do like that's in Taking Pelham One Two Three is my guy Robert Shaw Quint from Jaws, the Media Eyes. Uh, he is also in a movie called From Russia with Love. Oh my God! You, I'm sorry. I'm going to pause this right now. Our path is exactly the is same. Really? I wonder if it's identical. Yeah, I mean, I did Sean Connery. Pasta. Sean Connery, Ooh, Untouchables. Untouchables. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh my God! So right. we had the exact same. Path. That's funny. I did it with Walter Matthau, but otherwise exactly the same. Well, look at that. Holy cow. Um, that is sorry, I had to interrupt because that was I, bonkers. I think I, I had a different one picked out. Um, I can't remember what it was, but then I saw the, I saw the Robert Shaw connection, and I was like, oh, I gotta just I gotta go Robert Shaw. Oh, I think See, I went to, I went to JFK. That's what I did. So Walter Matthau's in JFK. So and then I had then I jumped off to like um, all sorts of different directions. Uh, I, where did I end up? I think I went up to like Pulp Fiction at some point to get Frank Wally. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I wanted to go back to Robert Shaw. So I would say you would like Uber drives the boat chief. You would, you would like the taking of Pelham one, two, three, I would say um, he's not super comedic. He always looks a little, I've goofy, seen the remake with Denzel and John Travolta. I've just never I, seen, I haven't seen the remake. I've only seen the original. Um, I mean, look at us just staying in character. Um, no, it's, it's good. I mean, you like it. You'd like it more than you like a new leaf anyway. I don't Cause of Robert Shaw. Cause of Robert Shaw. Cause it's yeah. not really a comedy. Walter Matthau just plays a cop, um, trying to solve the situation. Um, that's really good. It's just really a fun disaster kind of robbery heist movie. So I recommend it. I think you would enjoy it at least modestly. Okay. So anyway. All right. Well, we have an uh, exciting announcement. So our next several, I mean, 10 episodes, I think we're going to do that, right? Yeah, well, if it's 10 episodes straight, there could be some uh, yeah, detours might, throughout the next 10 might have guests 10 jump in or little, little uh, detours. But what we are going to do for the next, you know, conceivably 10 episodes is do our five favorite movies of all time. So we'll start with each of ours, number five, and count down to one. Uh, caveat is this is this isn't what we think are the best movies like the greatest movies ever made they're just our personal favorites yep and another caveat is like for example jaws would definitely be on my list yeah if, if we've if we've not talked about the movie sorry yeah. joe minnesota movie man if we talked about it on the podcast before we're removing it from contention so eric would have put jaws i might have put jaws but off the table yeah, no so, men off the table. Right. Memento off the table, and a bunch of others. Correct. So uh, those we'll do. Like so, we'll count down um, to our. I will say just to start, this was incredibly difficult for me. Like, yeah, I haven't even really done it. I mean, I've been thinking about it in a general sense. I have but I spent haven't, like, to... way too much time thinking about this. I I'm pretty well settled on the five, so I will be revealing what number five is for me. Uh, the rest of them, in whatever order they are, I'm not a hundred percent settled on them. So. Uh, it could definitely change. I had I start just wrote a list of maybe 25 movies, and they all could fit in here some way. So, 
with that said, if if you see a movie we have on those and you're like, what an idiot, that's on your list. Like, I just want to say that I had a many that may not make the list that I love, and I may five, switch. Five is a tiny, tiny list. Yeah, I've I've got two that I'm pretty sure are going to be on the final cut. Other than, other than that, it's like wide open. And it's brutal, and I'm actually dreading for it. I'm probably not going to make the decision until like the last possible yeah, second. It's, it's been very tough. It's been very stressful Before for me. next week when we cult, when we when we we talk about it. Uh, it's going to be tough. I guess the other caveat is too. We may have we have we don't know each other's lists, nope. so we're going to reveal them in the same way we've done with like trivia. If if we, well, I don't know how you want to do this because we haven't really totally talked about it. If 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 say I reveal one that would be on your list. Are you gonna mention it? Do you want to say sure, that would have been sure. on my list, and I'll pick something else, or what? Like, sure, sure. If if Eric happens to to pick one of my movies, uh, I will say. If oh I my pick gosh. Howard the Duck, which is most certainly on your top five, then we'll have to we'll have to pull an audible or something. Well, I can't pick Howard the Duck because I love the movie so much that if I watch it again, I'm gonna go into a catatonic state, and then just I, I'm gonna have to go like Michael Myers into, you know. A medical, a mental institution sure. for a long time. Okay, so, so I'm not allowed I, to watch it. So here I will be giving trivia questions to reveal my number five favorite movie of all time. <laughs> and here we go. Do, do you want? Well, I, I was gonna say, do you want to make a guess? I bet you could probably guess my list, but um, no, I don't want to. I'm gonna guess it one movie at a time. So you give me the clues, and we'll go. All and right. Do so clue number one: the actor Jeremy Piven is in this movie. Okay. From Entourage, you know, I don't, I don't I know who Jeremy, know who Jeremy Pivot is. Pivot yeah. is. Okay. He's in PCU, he's in old school. Yes. Go ahead. Um, okay, so that's clue number one. Uh, number two, uh, this was released in 1995. Okay. Okay. Is, is it PCU? <laughs> no, it's not PCU. Okay. okay. That would be a weird choice for my... I don't know if it's relevant. Time. I don't know. Um, okay, so this movie was originally developed as a TV series, and um, it was released as a TV movie. The, the original idea was released as a TV movie because it wasn't picked up as a series. Okay. That doesn't help me at all. All right. Um, all right, so that's three clues. Uh, clue number four. You're gonna love this. It takes place in the city of Los Angeles. Okay. We've we've been doing heavy Los Angeles here, so. All right, I think I know, but give me the last clue. Uh, the last clue is they re- announced that they will make a sequel. Uh, is this just, Heat? Heat. Okay. Heat is correct. Heat is my I, number five favorite movie of all time. I don't time. remember Jeremy Piven being in that movie at all, but. I'm sure he is. He's, he has a really small part. Sure. Okay. It's like, I have no recollection of Jeremy. I think he's okay. a doctor. I think he was a doctor in the movie, maybe. Okay. Uh, but yes, I love this movie. Uh, I've It was my first DVD that I ever bought. Um, I've owned it in several formats. There are a bunch of different... There's like the director's cut. There's a final version of it. Which version should I watch, Eric? Uh, whichever you one you can get. I think... Uh, is it on HBO... Um, I, I own the 4K version of it. Um, let's see, is, is it? It might not be streaming anywhere, like f- for free. I, okay, um, it's fine. Just tell me which version to get. Just yeah, this. just rent it on Amazon, whichever version they have it on there. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I think the director's cut is just longer, you know. But you do absolutely. Know, in terms of crime movie with heat over Den of Thieves, or is maybe Den of Thieves waiting on the list? No, Something Den of Thieves is derivative of Heat, so that's why I didn't oh, choose okay. it. It's just too good. It's better than Heat, and you're like, oh, I, nice. I you're love Den of Thieves, but it's it's a it's a paint by numbers version of Heat. Heat's just a fucking awesome movie. It's just so good. Have you seen it before? Yes, I've seen Heat. Okay, all right. I've talked about Heat before, so I'm looking forward to rewatching it and talking it again. So the, uh, which I I've never seen. A, so Michael Mann wrote the script for Heat in like the late '70s. Then he made, I think he made Thief, and then wanted to do, it's called L.A. Takedown, was the original, like, pilot that he shot as, like, a TV oh. show. It was going to be before, I think before Miami Vice, and then it didn't get picked up. So uh, it's on YouTube. You can watch it. L.A. Takedown was the, like, ri- original idea of it. And I think he is like, he just remade it, like, as his own version. So sure, also, I've just, just, finished the, just finished the book. Heat 2, amazing book. If you haven't read it, go check it out. If you like, okay. if you like this movie, amazing book. And that apparently will be the sequel. Okay. So. Sounds good. But, all right. Yeah, all right. The sequel coming out? Uh, well, they just announced it. I, I don't oh, they know, haven't they, started filming or anything no, yet. No, so. I don't think they finished the script or anything yet either. Oh, it's a ways so. away then. But it's, it takes place both before and after the original movie. So there's a bit prequel element and a you know sequel is, element to are, it. Are Al Pacino and uh, I, I think they have, he has said they will recast it. I think uh, Pacino said he wanted Timothy Chalamet to play him, which would be pretty good. And the dude's really good. He's in everything, but he's really good. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. So he he number five for me. Yeah. Okay. Next, and then next week Ben will reveal what his number five favorite movie of all time. So yeah. I'm guessing this was not on your list. No, absolutely not. Okay. Heat, heat. Uh, I, I do. I mean, we'll talk about it next week, but I don't think I have quite the love for Heat. All right. I think that's fair to say. Okay. Right, well, thanks, thanks for listening. listening talking Heat.